Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. So today we're going to start into the Book of Alma in the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. For those of you new to the show, we loosely track the Come Follow Me study curriculum of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I say loosely because I'm usually behind by a week or so, and I can't promise that I actually follow the study outline, but we're at least in the same neighborhood in the Book of Mormon. So this is the 56th episode of this podcast as we move into month six, and I'm doing my best to continue to get new episodes out to you each week. We've had over 7,000 episode downloads since going live, so as long as you're still listening, I'll do my best to continue to publish new episodes. Please remember, though, to share each episode you listen to with someone you think that might benefit from the message of the day so that we can continue to spread the good news of the gospel around the world. All right, so today we're going to talk about something that a lot of us think about, how to get rich. For those of us striving to build our careers and accumulate wealth, this will be a good lesson for us. So if you remember back to the end of the book of Mosiah, King Mosiah convinces the people that they should abandon the monarchy once he dies and adopt a democratic form of government to rule by, quote, the voice of the people. He explains that it's impossible to always have a good king like him, and so to avoid getting another bad king like King Noah, the people should instead rule by the voice of the people. Quote, Now it is not common that the voice of the people desireth anything contrary to that which is right, but it is common for the lesser part of the people to desire that which is not right. Therefore this shall ye observe and make it your law, to do your business by the voice of the people. And if the time comes that the voice of the people doth choose iniquity, then is the time that the judgments of God will come upon you. Yea, then is the time he will visit you with great destruction, even as he has hitherto visited this land. So that was King Mosiah describing democracy for us. In the United States, we don't have a pure democracy like this where we get to vote on every initiative in law. But instead, we elect in a democratic manner the elected officials that will represent us and make those laws. So the question then is whether the majority of us as Americans are voting into office good people that will make choices to do that which is right and create and enforce laws that will best serve everyone. And if we accidentally vote someone into office that becomes destructive to our country, are we removing them from office at the earliest possible time? Or do we allow them to stay in office and continue to destroy our society? So if you consider what's currently happening in our country, there are many that would argue that this is not happening. Hundreds of thousands of people around the country are protesting right now our government for not ensuring that people of color receive equal protection of the law and are treated with the same dignity and respect as white people. So obviously what is right in this situation is for our elected officials to do what's necessary to protect all people, particularly those that have historically faced and currently face discrimination and violence, and strive to bring unity back to our country. But there are many in office right now that are not doing this, that are driving contention within our society and allowing inequality, discrimination, and unfairness to continue. So as we prepare to vote again in November, according to Mosiah, if we want to prevent destruction from coming down upon our society, the majority of us need to vote to remove those in office who are not making good choices and replace them with candidates who will make better choices for all Americans and the world. 
as you and I prepare to vote, we need to make sure we're getting a balanced view of the people we're voting for. That may mean getting away from our comfort zone of Fox News, the New York Times, or Twitter, and seeking out alternative points of view to make sure we're getting all the facts. But perhaps the current level of destruction we're seeing right now, both from natural disasters and civil unrest, is because we haven't moved quickly enough. Well, that's as far as I'm going to go from a political standpoint for this podcast episode, but it's something interesting to think about. Okay, so after King Mosiah sets up this new form of government, he dies, and Alma the Younger becomes the first chief judge of the land to ensure that the voice of the people is carried out. Immediately, contention begins. A man named Nehor emerges and begins to preach false doctrine. Quote, And he also testified unto the people that all mankind should be saved at the last day, and that they need not fear nor tremble, but that they might lift up their heads and rejoice. For the Lord had created all men, and had also redeemed all men, and in the end all men should have eternal life. End quote. So this all sounds pretty good, right? And this is why Nehor's message was so popular. It sounds pretty similar to what we teach in the gospel of Jesus Christ. All mankind should be saved. Lift up your heads and rejoice. The Lord created and redeemed all men with eternal life for all. But the one thing Nehor left out was our personal accountability. We have to act and make good choices in our lives and show God we want to be redeemed and have eternal life. So Nehor gets a lot of followers with his teaching and begins to persecute those in the Church of Christ, even to the point of killing one of the members. So Alma, the chief judge, puts in place new laws in the church to prohibit persecution by church members against outsiders. But it doesn't prevent outsiders from continuing to persecute the church as long as they don't break any other laws. Quote, Nevertheless, there were many in the church who began to be proud and began to contend warmly with their adversaries, even unto blows. Yea, they would smite one another with their fists. Now this was in the second year of the reign of Alma, and it was a cause of much affliction to the church. Yea, it was the cause of much trial within the church. For the hearts of many were hardened, and their names were blotted out, that they were remembered no more among the people of God. And also many withdrew themselves from among them." End quote. Interestingly here, it was the act of contending against the people persecuting the church that led the faithful church members to fall away. Even though they likely had good intentions to defend their faith and their God and their church, by allowing the spirit of contention to enter their hearts, it pushed the spirit of God out and eventually led to many falling away from the church. So perhaps it's better to just walk away when we face persecution because of our faith, because trying to push back may not be productive. Okay, so here we're getting to the good part. Despite the challenges facing the faithful of the church, we learn now about the secret to prosperity, to building wealth. Quote, Now this was a great trial to those that did stand fast in the faith. Nevertheless, they were steadfast and immovable in keeping the commandments of God, and they bore with patience the persecution which was heaped upon them. And when the priests left their labor to impart the word of God unto the people— the people also left their labors to hear the word of God, and they did impart of their substance, every man according to that which he had, to the poor and the needy and the sick and the afflicted. And they did not wear costly apparel, yet they were neat and comely. And thus they did establish the affairs of the church, and thus they began to have continual peace again, notwithstanding all their persecutions. 
And now, because of the steadiness of the church, they began to be exceedingly rich, having abundance of all things whatsoever they stood in need, an abundance of flocks and herds, and fatlings of every kind, and also abundance of grain and of gold and of silver and of precious things, and abundance of silk and fine twined linen, and all manner of good homely cloth. And thus, in their prosperous circumstances, they did not send away any who were naked, or that were hungry, or that were athirst, or that were sick, or that had not been nourished. And they did not set their hearts upon riches. Therefore they were liberal to all, whether out of the church or in the church, having no respect of persons as to those who stood in need. And thus they did prosper and become far more wealthy than those who did not belong to their church. End quote. Okay, so this is a tall order for us. First, we have to keep the commandments. We have to endure with patience persecution that we may face. We have to listen to the word of God from the priests of our church. Share our wealth with all those in need. Don't waste money on costly apparel, but still dress neat and comely. And after beginning to build wealth, continue to share more and more with those in need. Be liberal to all. If we're successful with all of this, then it will help us to accumulate wealth perhaps even more than those outside of the church. Why? Quote, For those who did not belong to their church did indulge themselves in sorceries and in idolatry or idleness and in babblings and in envyings and strife, wearing costly apparel, being lifted up in the pride of their own eyes. End quote. So it's not so much our faith that leads to wealth, but rather our priorities and work ethic that emerge from our faith. Indulging ourselves in sorceries and idolatry. I'm not really sure what that means, but perhaps it's spending our money and attention on things of little value, miracle cures, get-rich-quick schemes, and so on. Wasting our time on babblings, which in the footnotes means gossip. Perhaps much of what we do on social media with our time could be considered babblings. Wasting our money on costly apparel instead of building our savings and sharing with others. Well, Alma and his people see about five years of prosperity based on this model, followed by a bit of a civil war which shook up the society, and then Alma spends another couple years building back up the Nephites and was able to once again establish peace in the land. But even though they had figured out the path to peace and prosperity and were doing really well, not two years after Alma had established peace again after their little civil war, quote, the people of the church began to wax proud because of their exceeding riches, and their fine silks, and their fine twined linen, and because of their many flocks and herd, and their gold and their silver and all manner of precious things, which they had obtained by their industry. And in all these things were they lifted up in the pride of their eyes, for they began to, be, to wear very costly apparel. So in the Book of Mormon, it emphasizes this point time after time, that when people grow wealthy, it leads to pride. We need to learn from these stories as we work in our own careers to be successful and earn more money, so that we don't fall into this same trap. The concept of costly apparel is used frequently in the scriptures. I read that as the temptation to use our wealth on ourselves for unnecessary material goods, rather than spending it on others. Alma and those he had appointed to lead the church watched this process happen to their people, 
Quote, For they saw and beheld with great sorrow that the people of the church began to be lifted up in the pride of their eyes, and to set their hearts upon riches and upon the vain things of the world, that they began to be scornful one towards another, and they began to persecute those that did not believe according to their own will and pleasure. Yea, there were envyings and strife and malice and persecutions and pride, even to exceed the pride of those who did not belong to the church of God. End quote. We can see this happening in our own lives. We focus on our house, our car, looking good, spending money on ourselves instead of those around us, and it can consume us because we see others who have even nicer things and we begin to want those too. And the destructive cycle continues as we focus more and more on ourselves and less and less on others and on Christ. So if we don't catch ourselves in this negative wealth cycle, the consequences can be significant. Quote, and the wickedness of the church was a great stumbling block to those who did not belong to the church, and thus the church began to fail in its progress, end quote. As we and our missionaries try to share the gospel with those around us, if people see this pride and contention among us as a result of our accumulation of wealth, then they'll be turned off to the gospel because of our poor examples. Well, to wrap this episode up, if you and I choose to accept our Savior's invitation to follow him today, it comes with a lot of responsibility. We need to make good choices about who we elect into office to ensure that the majority chooses what is right for our society. We need to be mindful of how we spend our time and money so that we can accumulate wealth with the intent to serve others. Heavenly Father cares only about our worldly prosperity insofar as it allows us to better take care of his other children. And we need to ensure that pride doesn't creep into our lives as we become more successful. But of course, the payoff for doing all this is worth it. We'll have the Spirit of God with us at all times. We'll be able to feel the love of God at home with our families, and we'll be on the path that leads to happiness and eternal life. Thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next time.